hates music. Adults only. Explicit content. Bad language. Controversial topics. Ian hates music. Warning. Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Music. My name is Ian. And my name is Fur uh, James. Oh, look at that. <laughs> you didn't go with a super cool April Fool's Day joke? Hey. hey. Yeah, I mean, my life is an April Fool's joke, so there you go. Hey-o. <laughs> Bottom. Right off the bat, baby. Yeah. But no, I mean, seriously, we're, we're recording on April 1st. But, right. man, I am so over the bands and and the scene i guess doing all the april fools day jokes they never work yeah come on what can you do <laughs> it's like okay so one band or actually multiple bands say oh yeah we're playing this really cool concert then other bands go hey look we made a image that looks like this really cool concert we're definitely right. doing that another one says oh no our member went and joined another band another one does the whole Oh yeah, uh, we're putting out an album tomorrow. <laughs> All that, but it's always the same thing over and over again. Like, why do we bother? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like this year was my best, my best joke ever. I made everybody believe that I cut my hair. <laughs> yeah, I would have believed that if you didn't look five years younger. <laughs> That's true, but man, you'd be surprised at how many people were duped. Well, also, people are a bunch of rubes, and we know That's that. True, That's we know true. that. So I'm gonna. <laughs> We're definitely not doing any April Fool's Day bullshit, but I will tell you for sure, it has been a fucking long, long weekend that I wish I could tell stories from, but they don't really fit the whole music thing. But if you hear my voice just a little bit more sultry, mm -hmm. a little bit more like, holy crap, this guy's rugged, now you know why. All right? Yeah, because Ian never sounds rugged. Oh, man. So rugged. So <laughs> rugged. So, James, I think, are we good? To start off with some scene news. That we are. Let's do it. All right. We are going to begin with a tour that I, I believe was announced last week after the show was already recorded. But I believe it's going to be called Disrupt or whatever. <laughs> it's a festival. It's a touring festival. So... I guess they're trying to kind of jump on the whole, you know, the Warp Tour thing isn't really doing the full tour, so why not get something else going? And they announced the bands are The Used, Thrice, Circus Survive, Some 41, The Story So Far, Atreyu, Sleeping With Sirens, <laughs> Andy Black, Four Year Strong, Memphis Mayfire, Trophy Eyes, Megan Dia, Juliet Sims, and Hydro the Hero. Yeah, this one kind of surprised me because I'm pretty sure when Mayhem Fest was still around, Rockstar was the one that like mainly supported that. So 
I when the, I had saw that Rockstar Energy was making a new festival, I expected like a lot more metal. And I think Atreyu would is like the only band that would kind of fit on like an old Mayhem lineup. Sure. Yeah, maybe Four Years Strong. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But I was yeah, just surprised. No, no, I, I totally get it. I am not a fan of this whatsoever. <laughs> I like maybe two bands on that list. So yeah. there is no way that I'll be going. But it is what we talked about on the show before. I think this was even before you joined. There was a hole left when Warp Tour said we're not doing a tour. And right. this looks like they are trying to fill that, you know, that hole. So, yeah, I just wish Mayhem Fest would come back, man. I never got to go to Mayhem. I, I always I want Taste of Chaos. That's what I want. Mm, I don't think I know that one. That That's a, a winter one. Me. OK, no, no. Well, I mean, it probably was a little bit, but it was a winter tour done by Kevin Lyman as well. Okay. And they used to have like My Chemical Romance, The Used, I think Under Oath as well. Like all the bands we like or I'm used. Sure, I mean, sure. I don't like The Used anymore, but <laughs> before when they were good, when they could actually sing like that was the time to see The Used. Now you're going to see a shell of a band. Sure. Sure. Anyways, that's the show. So if anyone wants to, I think it starts in June. So you can look for tickets for that. Yep. All right. The next thing is something we brought up maybe like four episodes ago, but the whole Static X going on tour for the 20th anniversary of Wisconsin Death Trip. And they, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> they put out a video with the quote unquote new vocalist who is wearing a really, really creepy Wayne Static mask. Oh my God. It's really fucking weird, man. And I mean, maybe he sounds like, you know, Wayne a little bit, kind of. But mm. the band is also so old. This might be Ensel Dope. It's a complete possibility. And I, I used to like Dope. I think Ensel's a very good vocalist. He mm. probably can pull this off. But it's really fucking weird. Now, I have no idea. If they just don't want to announce the singer. So that's why they have him in a mask doing everything. But if they go out on tour... Where this guy's wearing that fucking mask the whole time, like that seems worse to me than doing like a hologram or something. Yeah, that's like almost borderline disrespecting the dead. <laughs> you would kind of think so, right? I mean, yeah. well, I mean, there are people that obviously do impressions of dead musicians. I mean, no one goes, oh man, all those fat Elvises out there are disrespecting right. Elvis. Like they're not doing that. Same with the Michael Jackson lookalikes and stuff. I mean, as long as they're not doing what Michael Jackson did in his real oh, life. God. <laughs> but, um, but I'm just saying in general, it seems much weirder to do it this way. Yeah. And I think like the main difference between like a Wayne static impersonator and, and Michael Jackson and Elvis impersonators is that like, this guy seems to be the only one impersonating Wayne static. Yeah. Yeah. No one else is going around. <laughs> Nobody else is doing it. <laughs> Maybe there's a reason for that. <laughs> By the way, when you started that, though, when you were like those three people, that sounded like the beginning of a joke. Oh, right, right. Yeah. A priest, a rabbi, and someone walks into yeah. a bar. <laughs> like three people walk into a bar. <laughs> yeah, man, I just, I don't think I can do it. And I think they made a new song. They might have more new songs that they're going to do. It's just, I don't know. I, I understand they want money. I certainly do. And I would want money as well. Mm -hmm. This just seems like a really weird fucking thing to do. I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I guess we'll just see it play out. I guess the people that are in Australia, I think they get Wednesday 13 as one of the opening acts. So that's good for them. Yeah. But I, I can't give this tour money. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think I could either. 
Yeah, very, very strange. But talking about not giving certain people money, we do have a story to tell. So, James, you want to take this one over? <laughs> this is all about you, buddy. All right. Well, as uh, those of you that listened to the last episode will know, I on so yes, a week from today, seven days ago, I can barely talk today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I saw the mighty as I lay dying. You gonna say and the mighty? Really though? The the mighty because Ugh. I'm corny. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I I was worried you were seeing I the mighty. No, no, heck no. Okay. <laughs> uh, heck not no. <laughs> not, not in this context. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about good bands. Oh, hey, <laughs> we're knocking them out of the park today. Yep. Uh And the openers uh, from opening to, well, the whole show from opening to close was Frost Coffin, Currents, Phineas, and Azalea Dying. Right. Uh, Frost Coffin was the band that I didn't know going in. And if you can imagine, like, uh, metal music being made in like 1865, then that's pretty much what Frost Coffin would be. It's like <laughs> Wild West metal. I loved it. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, Wait, so we messed up the name because we called them Flesh I call Coffin. Them Flesh Coffin, yeah. Yeah, so but it is Frost Coffin. That's a great name, though. Like, does yeah. anyone have Flesh Coffin? Because we should totally steal that. Yeah, me and Ian are putting it in an LLC. The new Flesh Coffin. <laughs> Flesh Coffin LLC. <laughs> oh yeah, but new podcast. Lawyer lawyers will definitely take it seriously. Oh man. All right, but sorry. No, go ahead. No, you're good. But yeah, uh if you like kind of just weird kind of metal with like Wild Westy themes, uh you probably like Frost Coffin. Then Currents came on and I mean, dude, Currents, they're so good live. Yeah, great band. Um dude, I I love The Place I Feel Safest. I love their new EP. Mm-hmm. came out last year um just every single song it's rare when i see a band that every single song translates well live right and they just they just knew how to pick their set list well so i i ended up buying a hoodie from them because i just was so and i was barrier for the whole show i forgot to mention that i was a uh, <laughs> stage i guess it would have been stage right barrier or stage okay. i i it's it honestly off, doesn't matter Right, I'm rambling. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, nobody gives a crap about this stuff. Uh, and then, after Currents, it was Phineas. And Phineas is really good. Mm-hmm. They're like, uh, I guess, a younger version of Azalea Dying. Because they're a very similar genre styles. Sure, sure. And if you like shreddy metal, uh, I guess. Yeah. You know, like metalcore with like a lot of guitar solos. Phineas is right up your alley. And um, then... The, the infamous Mighty As I Lay Dying came on stage. And, dude, I was barricade, and I was standing literally basically right in front of Nick Hippa. Okay. And it was a really cool experience because he, not only did he did he throw me... I'll, I'll get to the set in a second, but <laughs> he, he threw me a guitar pick. Not only that, uh, he gave me the set list. Ah, for, okay. And I think you saw a picture of that and anybody else that follows me on social media saw that i got the set list yeah so if you want to go on my social media and see what songs they played because i don't want to go down the whole whole list uh but dude honestly you know you, i know you're gonna make jokes but <laughs> <laughs> as la dying honestly might have been the best live band i've ever seen yeah it's because you're enamored with them uh, yes i will give you that it is a little biased but 
they put on a great show. They had great production value. Uh, mm -hmm. my, my friends and I were talking, you know, and we were, we're really talking about, you know, how we think Tim is going to be live because of him being in prison for, you know, five, six years. And if he's going to be able to recover. Sure. And honestly, he sounded really good live. Like he took us, a, he took us aback, honestly. Well, he did have a lot of time to practice after he got out before they really did anything. That's what I mean. Cause like yeah. you watch if you watch like footage from like the very first show they did when they came back, like he sounded rough. Right. Oh yeah. I remember. Yeah. I think we made fun of that. Yeah. <laughs> he sounded pretty rough. And I think he took the time from that time period to this tour they're doing to, for him to kind of recover. Right. And I'm just going to say it, man. Like, I I love Azalea dying, and anytime they come through town, I'm going to go see him again. No, I get it. I mean, so how many of you guys made it back? Uh, all but one. No, oh, see? <laughs> There's always one. I told you. It's so funny because I so wish it would have happened because I, I really wanted to make a joke about it. But <laughs> Tim was kind of giving out high fives to everybody yeah. that was on the barricade. I was like literally half an inch from his hand. So I really wanted to be like, I touched Tim Lambesis and I survived. Yeah, I mean, you were close enough to orgasm, I'm sure. <laughs> you know what, man? I, I, I was feeling something. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I figured, <laughs> I figured the reason why you got a guitar pick and a set list was because they thought you looked like a woman. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> because only women ride the barrier anyways, right? Oh, yeah, only, and only women wear POD hats. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I can't believe you wore that. <laughs> I wear that hat everywhere, dude. <laughs> they were probably embarrassed. They were embarrassed nope. for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. They were like, dude, nice hat. <laughs> it's actually funny. I know someone else, actually, a friend of the show from the band Hajira, okay. was there at your same show and oh. got the other set list. That's funny. Yeah. Somehow I saw both of you post on social media <laughs> that you both got set lists. I was like, how is that even possible? They don't even know each other, and I know both of them. And both of you got it. He, but yeah, so he must have been on the side where Phil Sagrosa was because okay. I, Nick Hippo was on one side and Phil Sagrosa was on the opposite. It so. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, they probably have a certain amount that they have to stay away from Tim by court order. <laughs> so that's sure. <laughs> at least at least six inches. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I am glad. Like I, I, we talked about it before. We had the big discussions on the show. Sure. I honestly don't care what he's doing. Like, I don't care what As I Lay Dying are doing. It's just one of those things where there, to me, there's so much awesome music out there that I don't have to go out of my way. Like, if they had been here because I like Currents, because I like Phineas, like, I might have gone to the show had it been anywhere close to Boston. Sure. But I'm not really a huge As I Lay Dying fan. Like, I will give them the credit they deserve for, right. you know, doing a good job for metalcore. Right. But right now, there are so many great bands that I don't need, like, I don't feel the need to go out of my way to support them. You know what I mean? Right, definitely. And I, I've said that before in my discussions about this, that, like, if you're not a fan of their music, like, I totally respect it. It's fine. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with you, but, you know, it's totally oh, lots fine. Of things. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but as long as my always, my thing is always, you don't have to support Tim. And if you don't support Tim, that's your God-given right. But don't align me with what he did in 2013. Well, sure. I mean, it's just like if we literally, I mean, we made the joke or I made the joke about it earlier, but it's like if you held it against people who listen to Michael Jackson now, 
Right. Like I've been saying since all the accusations, since all that stuff, not the stupid documentary that just came out, but people have known for years and years and years that he was a pedophile. That's the Mm -hmm. way it was. I'll even say allegedly, but I don't even think you have to anymore. He was a pedophile. So if you like that music, I don't consider you a pedophile for liking it. Right. And like, I don't even consider you a bad person. You know what I mean? It's like, well, your taste sucks, but sure. Well, I mean, you could say that about people that like pop music. I do. And I will be saying that later on as well. (laughs) Sure. Sure. But overall, overall was a great show. I very much enjoyed every band. Uh, It was very difficult going to work the next day because I I didn't, I didn't get home until like one 30 in the morning and I had to get up at seven for work. So it was, uh, Oh, poor James. I know. I know. Poor me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But it was very much worth it. And, uh, you know, 10 out of 10 would do it again. There you go, man. Well, the reason why we did this in scene news instead of going to a brand new segment is because we were told by our producer, Ty, that it turns out As They Lay Dying had probably been recording while they'd been on tour as well. Yeah, and I'm excited. And I don't know why Ty felt the need to write, ahem, who still cares about As I Lay Dying? But, you know, I don't know who he's talking about in there. Well, not many do. So... <laughs> You know. I mean, Baltimore, Maryland was the first uh, date of the tour to sell out. So, oh, that's actually surprising. Wait, yeah, how I'm many more that. dates are on the tour? Uh, I think it was like a three or four week run, and Baltimore was like a week into it. Huh. Okay. All right. Yeah, because they had signed. They had, I think, like fifty signed posters of that date because they wanted to do something special since it was the first date to sell out. Oh, sure. Okay. Gotcha. But, I mean, it's sold out shows all across the East Coast. So, ahem, I don't know who Ty is referring to when he says people don't care about Azalea dying. It's just like people love those uh, true crime podcasts, you know? Sure. You get to go see an almost murderer live. <laughs> is that how he signs his shit? Almost. <laughs> I almost got away with it. Signed him. No, he, no, what he does is he grabs your stuff and then he almost signs it and then he gives it back to you. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> all right. I like that. So, yeah. <laughs> That's why we're bringing it up. So who knows when they'll have new music. I would assume maybe end of 2019, maybe 2020, maybe somewhere around there. I mean, you know, your boy's looking forward to it. (laughs) Well, we are going to end scene news there because we've got some other stuff to talk about in new songs. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to do that whole let's split up our favorite part of the show, do a part one and a part two of that. And kind of switch things around a little bit tonight. Does that sound good, James? That sounds good to me. All right, then. It is time for part one of our favorite part of the show. All right, everyone, it is part one of our favorite part of the show. That means it is album review time. We are going to begin tonight with Awake in Providence, the Blavik Sun. (laughs) (laughs) Blavik. Blavik. You spell that B-L-V-C-K. I believe that they did that the way a lot of bands have where they put a consonant upside down so that they don't get in trouble for something, but I fucking hate it. So it will not be called what they want it to be called. It is the (laughs) Blavik 
Sun, <laughs> Space Space, The Blood Moon. And this is on Outer Loop Records. This is Deathcore. It's their sophomore album. So this is what I read from their Facebook page. They have it in there. It says, Awake and Providence are vile enough to make the sewers look clean <laughs> and vicious enough to tear the still beating heart out of the listener's chest. I like shed a tear at the edginess of that. It was amazing. That's why I had to bring it to people's attention. Dude. But this is 11 tracks. There is a short intro track that has vocals towards the end of it, but everything else is good. Goes all the way through other than that. And really, I mean, there are lows and high, you know, the high wails and squeals. This is deathcore to the max, you know. Wow. Those are a lot of fucking dogs. Dude, every time. Holy shit, what are they doing? I don't know. Wow. All right, we're still going on. It's okay. I'm ti- I'm tired of the crazy editing, so we're just going. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, they're the low like the really low lows, the actual like high wails and squeals cuz this is deathcore. <laughs> oh, it's that sinister style of deathcore as well, like sure. the really creepy vocals, you know that kind of style. That's yeah. what this is. So, some pretty heavy and fast drumming. I was really drawn to the drumming a lot here. I think I do connect to that a lot with deathcore bands. So I enjoyed that a lot. And some cool solos, too. That kind of actually took you out of the moment because they were kind of a nice change of pace for the album. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a very good deathcore album. I mean, it's it's heavy AF, as the kids would say. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, like you were saying, sweeping guitars. I mean, guitars in, like, technical deathcore are pretty much almost always very talented. Same thing with drums. Uh the vocalist is really honestly doing great things. Uh, when he wanted to be high, he was doing that very well. Uh, this, uh, I don't know if anybody else would pick up on this, but sometimes, not all the time, but when he was doing some of his lows, he reminded me a little bit of Adam Warren from Oceano. And okay, sure. That, that's a huge compliment for me because Oceano, for a long time, was my favorite deathcore band. Oh, you know, and okay. we'll, we'll get into why that isn't later in the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I still love Oceano, but yeah, Adam Warren's a very talented vocalist, and I don't know the name of the guy in Wake of Providence, but he's also a very talented vocalist, so if you like just heavy, sweeping deathcore, then this is for you. By the way, I, I fucking love dogs, but I'm gonna kill those motherfuckers. Dude, this is like the longest thing Yeah, <laughs> they just keep on going, like, is someone dying in there? My man, I don't even know, that's my neighbor's dogs, and I'd have to get up from where I'm sitting comfortably. Oh, holy up. shit. Alright, whatever. It's fine. It goes with the whole deathcore... Actually, yeah, that would make sense if we were doing a Knock Loose album. Yeah, right, right. This is the whole entire time. But yeah, oh I mean, <laughs> I like this as well. They had two features. One was, I think his name was, oh yeah, Mark from Aversions, Aversions Crown, and then of course, CJ from Thy Art is Murder. So that was, you know, that was a nice change of pace there. I thought the production was good. I think really the only issue that I have with this is it was a lot of the same over and over again. Yeah. So it did blend a little bit more than I would like, but it's also a deathcore band, and that's kind of what happens. Yeah, it comes with the genre. Yeah. I mean, I think next week is Enterprise Earth, and I'm right. sure we're going to deal with a similar style of issues. You know what I mean? Yeah, more of the same. So, yeah, it's really just, if you like deathcore, you're most likely to really like this, and if you don't, then, you know, probably for somebody else. Exactly. Yep. And 
if you hate bands that use consonants instead of vowels, <laughs> then you'll also hate this band as well. <laughs> and they deserve that part, I will say. For as talented they are, they should know better. <laughs> but once again, it's awake in Providence. So it's not awake as one word. It's a space wake. A wake in Providence. The book sun, the blood moon on Outer Loop Records. Next up, we have Lotus Eater, Social Hazard EP, and it's on Hopeless Records, surprisingly enough. This is Gloom Hardcore Metal. That's the, <laughs> the place I'm going to put them, at least. It's a second EP, seven tracks with an intro and an interlude. So definitely an EP. Unclean vocals with very, very minimal cleans throughout this EP. Chaotic craziness with a ton of you know random breakdowns. Strange electronics that are kind of added as ambiance in between different tracks and everything. But mm. what do you think? Yeah, uh, since it is an EP, I was only able to write so many things down. Sure. But I think the main thing that stood out to me, and this is definitely a compliment, but the vocalist reminded me a little bit of Austin from Ghost Key. Okay. Like Possibly. Not, yeah, not like in every song, but there right. were sometimes. Right. When he was doing those like strained vocals, I was like, "Yeah, that definitely sounds like Austin." And I love Austin's vocals, so it's it's not an insult; it's definitely a compliment. No, it's not. Right, right. right. Yeah, and um, I got. <laughs> it's kind of funny how we genreify things sometimes with each other because I considered these guys new metal. What? I mean, just like the guitar tones and stuff. Oh, okay, all right. I like the like the new metal guitar tones. I'm not good at genrefying things, so just everything's new metal. I don't think anyone um, is. Sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I. Whatever Ian said in terms of genres, that's probably correct. Fuck yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's my main compliment is I really did like the vocalist. Um, I mean, everybody else in the band was very talented, but the vocalist especially was really stood out to me. I think yep. I just, but I connect, I think, to vocalists more, like in general. Yeah. So well, I think a lot of times people do, like unless you play a specific instrument that always speaks to you. But other than that, there's a reason why choosing your vocalist is so important for a band because that is normally how everyone connects. Right. So yeah, and you're yawning. Oh as yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, chugging guitars, chaos everywhere. I, I mean, this is another band I would definitely like to see live, but mm -hmm. you're always going to be missing out a little bit because it's an EP, but it does make you want more for sure. So if you want some of that weird hardcore heaviness, then this band is for you. Yeah, they also have a really dope name too, like Lotus Eater. That's yeah. just that's just a good band name. I agree. So once again, that's Lotus Eater, Social Hazard EP, and they are on Hopeless Records. Now we've got Low Dose with self-titled Low Dose, and this is on Bru and this is on Brutal Panda Records. Thank yeah <laughs> love my pandas brutal there you go they are heavy grunge punk that's kind of where i'm putting them this is their debut album 10 tracks front to back no filler this is a female fronted band and what i liked about her vocals was she reminded me a lot of courtney love from agreed. the time when she was in hole agreed so it's kind of that gritty like but unique in a different way and i really enjoy that but yeah this is very guitar driven for sure with her you know you know being out there in front but very guitar driven and definitely a throwback band to the early grunge era for sure yeah because grunge is definitely like in my top five favorite genres of music okay. so i really enjoyed this uh 
I, th- I did think the singer had a very unique voice and it did remind me of uh, Courtney Love. Because mm-hmm. even even with Courtney Love, like no, not a lot of people sounded like her when she was in her prime with Hole. Yeah. Um, and I just, in, in general, I think my favorite part of grunge is just the rawness of the instrumentals. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, heavy distortion, you know, not like, you know, precise, you know, like something like Awaken Providence where it'd be like very technical, very precise, where it's just like they're just playing what they feel. Right. And this type of stuff. And that's why I think I really like grunge a lot. And so, yeah, I mean, if you like bands like Hole, if you like bands like Nirvana, if you like bands like Soundgarden uh, with a female singer, then, you know, I think you'd really enjoy this. Yeah, it's a good throwback band for sure. Absolutely. And sometimes it's just nice to put on a grunge album from time right. to time. So I totally get that. I will say, though, maybe it's because it's their debut album, but they did miss a, a big opportunity where... They did call the first track on the album Low, mm. but they did not call the last track on the album Dos. Mm. And I just want to put that out there for them. Make sure to use that next time. All right. Sure. That's a classic mis- misstep, but you got you got to <laughs> go with it. All right. You got to yeah, go with it. Don't be too hard on them. Come on, man. No, I'm not. I thought that was for a debut album. That was also fucking great. So yeah, man, definitely. So once again, that's Low Dose with their self-titled album, and they are on Brutal Panda Records. I do want to make one note. We're not going to review this album, but Lee McKinney, the guitarist for Born of Osiris, had a brand new album come out called Infinite Mind, and that's on Sumerian Records. We don't review instrumentals here, but he's very talented. And if you like, you know, guitar driven instrumentals and whatnot, then go listen to it. Ahem, me. <laughs> I didn't get a say in this. <laughs> well, I'm just like, what are you gonna say? It was good. Yeah. See. <laughs> exactly. All right. Moving on. We've got High Rise Endeavors EP, and this is an independent release. They are melodic hardcore metalcore from the UK. This is five tracks. It's a 30p. Really, man, this band kind of hit me right away. I, I had never heard of this band before, and when I heard just even the first track, I was totally into it. I only knew they were going to get better throughout, and I love this type of mixtures of genres. I think they did a really good job of blending everything together, some really fun riffs, some really good drumming. I don't know, man. I just I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought the mix of the clean and unclean vocals with the singer was very, was 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 ah, was just excellent. I can't talk. Uh, I can't uh, talk. It's fine. <laughs> And uh, I thought the guitar work was very well done. I thought everybody that was an instrumentalist in this band did very well. And dude, just dude, the UK, just everybody is showing up America. <laughs> it does happen. Gonna, it does every happen. week. Every week, like one of my favorite releases ends up being from a different country. I'm all about it. I'm completely fine with that. By the way, did you think in the track "Ghosts in My Mind" when they did that melodic hardcore like spoken word, I got a lot of Silent Planet vibes. Oh, yeah. I thought that was really well done. So I definitely enjoyed that. Some really great screams. Like you said, a very good balance of the clean and unclean vocals. And man, I'm honestly, I'm surprised this band isn't bigger. It might be Mm -hmm. because, you know, they've only done EP so far. They're still independent and they're in the UK. That could be holding them back a little bit. But someone needs to get on this. Like, Stay Sick or someone needs to take them and bring them over for some tours. Because they like to do that shit. So why not? Yeah, dude. Franz, I know you listen. Sign high rise. That's damn fucking true. <laughs> <laughs> he is about this podcast. So 
Yeah, he's also about that life, apparently. Oh, see, you see what I did there? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> so anyways, I think everything worked really well. For an independent band, I thought the production value was really fucking great here as well. One of the things that stood out to me a lot as well is their vocalist had a lot of power behind mm. what he was doing, and that made him stand out even a little bit more. So everyone, make sure you go check this out. Support bands like this. It's High Rise, Endeavor's EP, and it's an independent release. Now we've got Bloodline, Better View on Stay Sick Recordings. This is Metalcore, New Metal. This is their sophomore album, the follow-up to their album, Insolent. Ten tracks, no filler. And now I'm going to try and get this right because I had to do a little bit of research for this. So I think they have three vocalists, technically. Hmm. Their lead vocalist does the more Metalcore mid-range screams and the unclean lows. Okay. Their guitarist, I think, does the clean vocals and like the strained highs. And then their drummer does the really high uncleans as well. So huh. you've got this really cool dynamic of people doing multiple styles of screaming mm-hmm. and clean vocals and coming from three different people. Yeah, I mean, when you're in a band and you know everybody has more than one talent, I mean, I would just say try to use utilize it all to the best of your ability. For sure. And I think they did that definitely in this album. So the one thing, I remember them being a little bit new metal mm-hmm. when we covered Insolent like year, like two years ago or a year ago or whatever. It seemed like they went way farther in that direction this time. So there was yeah. a lot more new metal than I thought there was going to be, but you Which can like. hear it. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> well, you hear it in the guitar riffs. You hear it in the tones they're using, the electronic openings and embedded loops of electronics yeah. that they use as well. All very, very, I mean, the structure and the lyrics too, I guess that goes without saying. But sure. I like the mixture of adding in the metal core there as well. And yeah, man, I thought this was a really good follow-up to Insolent. I think they're probably still trying to find their sound. I mean, by the next release, they might be complete, you know, new metal. It's a sure. complete possibility. But I very much enjoyed this. Yeah, man. Uh, when you said new metal, I really love the new metal vibes. I thought I thought it was just one singer, and I'm so I'm glad you pointed that out. I thought all three singers are great. Yeah. Uh, I love just. There's really no other way to say this in my head, but I just love the crunchy guitar tones. Like I get it. I get they're it. Just, they're just crunchy, man. There's no other way I can say it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just, y'all know me. I'm a sucker for this type of music. So it, it's a given that I'm going to like this. That is very true. That is very true. But yeah, man, I, I thought they did a lot of cool ways of mixing those vocal styles that I mentioned to keep things interesting. I understand that this might not be, or this might be more run of the mill for people right now because a lot of people are adding in new metal elements to metalcore. So they might not be doing the exact new thing. But like we always say, when you do it well, that's all that fucking matters. Yep. Just make a band or start a band and don't give a crap about what anybody else is doing. Just write the music you want to do, write the music you want to play. Yep. And play, and play it well. That's all that matters. Exactly. If you're looking for an album with fun breakdowns, some catchiness in the choruses, that new metal sound while also being metalcore, and really just all-around good stuff, then this is a band to check out. So once again, that's Bloodline, Better View on Stay Sick Recordings. I will make a note as well, if you are listening to them on Spotify, Spotify did something, someone uploaded something incorrectly 
because this album is not on their Spotify page. You have to look it up by the name of the album, which is Better View, and you'll find it under a different bloodline. All right, James. So I believe we are going to end there. We have a lot of good stuff coming up in part two and a lot of really bad stuff (laughs) coming up in part two. I will mention we are not going to be talking about Red-Handed Denial tonight because we did an extended review of Redeemer on last week's episode. So and, uh, just know what? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I just want to point out that uh, I got a I got a shout out uh, indirectly from Red Handed Denial on Twitter, where we were <laughs> we were worried about our tangents, and they and they said that we love your tangents, even if sometimes they they go off into POD. Yeah. So, so. basically, <laughs> what Red Handed Denial were saying was, we love Ian. It's kind of too bad you have James there, but we'll let it pass. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's what the tweet meant. We are. We are. Oh, <laughs> I, I literally, I know three phrases from POD and that's one of them. <laughs> but anyways, but just so you know, that's why we won't be doing an extensive cover. The album is fucking amazing. I will say it's my, one of my, at least one of my favorites of the year, maybe my favorite this year. So I can say that, but go back and listen to that episode. Cause that, that was a lot of fun at that episode. Um, James and I could actually speak. Yeah. So that was really good. And then it also was just a good episode in general. But don't worry about that right now. We have a whole rest of an episode to go. So we are going to break up this part one. And we are going to go right now to new songs. All right, everyone. It is new song time. That means I am going to tell you the name of an artist, a brand new track, and then play a snippet of it. Make sure you go out, support the artist, listen to the entire track, maybe pre-order their brand new album. That's the way to do it. But until then, we're going to begin with Bad Religion, Do the Paranoid Style. Death Therapy, It's Okay. Don't try to tell me it's okay. Don't try to tell me it's okay. Don't try to tell me it's okay. Cause I'm not okay. That's why I came for the Above a whisper, creator. Yeah. 
saving vice, black ice. Windwalkers face my fears. Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes, Anxiety. Awake at last, the change. The Molten Larva, Frontier. Rammstein, Deutschland. Zusammen, dein Atem kalt, das Herz in Flammen. In her own words, hum, rosé by the ocean. Yourself, you to the water, felt 
Sims Abandoned. All right, everyone, you just heard a bunch of snippets of new songs by some great artists. We are going to start with James. James, what did you like? What did you dislike? Yeah, man, I think my main standout for new songs this week would be the track from Limbs. Yeah. I uh, I liked what Dave said on an episode a long time ago, probably wow. when Erase Me first came out uh, mm-hmm. around that time for, from Under Oath. Uh, he basically said Limbs was did what he was hoping Under Oath would do. Ah, I think sure. I think they're still going for that in that direction. I'm actually a really big fan of Limbs. I think what they do is great. Oh yeah, and I think this track just uh, further amplifies that they're just doing a great thing as a band. The question will be having the new vocalist. Right, what happens? Because that was the news. We didn't want to say in scene news because it just made sense to talk about it now. But they did for this new track. They have a brand new vocalist. It turns out that their previous vocalist Chris had had a daughter recently. I guess and wanted to spend more time with his family because, you know, he needed to. So he is out of the band now, and they have a new vocalist called Austin Mm -hmm. who's on this track. Now, when I look at the music video for this, it looks like Austin has a shit ton of energy, and it looks like he's going to be able to pull off what they need to because I have heard from many, many people over the last year or so that Chris was really fucking good live. Mm. So Father's Son was an amazing album. Mm-hmm. I've been looking forward to seeing Limbs live for a long, long time. It's really weird that they announced that they have a new vocalist literally a week before I see them live. Yeah, that's got to be strange. <laughs> yeah. So I'm hoping that everything works out. I'm hoping he's awesome because that's all we want is for the band to do well. But yeah, if this is the way it's going to be, that that fucking track is great. Yeah, man. Uh, I kind of This track was a little funny to me, but I actually really liked the Ramstein song yeah so yeah <laughs> they got in trouble well quote unquote in trouble by some religious people and some people that i guess they're saying that they were showing like scenes that were very similar to the holocaust in their <laughs> videos but now look i lived in germany i mm. i tend to know a good deal about it germany takes that shit very very seriously i know mm. it sounds weird to say but you can't make jokes about that kind of stuff. And you can't, I'm not saying they were making jokes, but even making any like instance or assumption or anything about the Holocaust in Germany gets you in fucking big, big trouble. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. Well, I was, I was just going to say, I know that I learned in history class in high school that it's like, it's like heavily illegal to own a copy of Mein Kampf from by Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like super illegal. That's why I have so many. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I moved to the States, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Freedom. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, no, no. It's like, and I get it. Like, I, you you have to understand if you know history, you know why people are super embarrassed mm. and really sad for everything that happened. So it makes right. sense. Now, the video is like almost 10 minutes long, it is super high production rate. It's almost like a short film in itself. So I do recommend you go look at what they're talking about, but 
it did seem like they were doing almost a an exaggerated history yeah. of Germany. I mean, that's why, I mean, the name of the fucking thing is Deutschland. So yeah. it makes sense. And they've done that. Remember when they did the song America? Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of part of their deal is they do tackle some political stuff. I don't know. I didn't think it was bad because they were the ones who were getting killed. Yeah. Just because they had the striped uniforms on doesn't necessarily mean that that's what they were talking about. But I could be naive right now as well. I mean, there's also a lot of groups of people that will just take things out of context and, you know, complain about them. You know, we don't see that a lot anymore. I mean, we do. But like, it's not as much as like the 90s where people were literally like blaming like Marilyn Manson for Columbine. Well, yeah. yeah. And remember what Manson got really, I mean, besides having awesome music. He also got very famous for using a lot of religious things out of context. Right. So it makes sense. I mean, they're a band that does very similar things. I mean, look, I don't think every song by Rammstein is really great, Mm -hmm. but they have some fucking amazing albums, and they're still probably the best band I've ever seen live. And I've seen them two or three times live, and it's absolutely amazing. Every single fucking time. I would love to see them live because I've heard it's a very high production value for every show. Yeah, they traveled, I think on their last tour, they traveled like 18 to 25 full buses. Wow. Yeah. No, no, I can't even, I know I've talked about on the show, I've done like 20 minute reviews of of their shows. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. So it doesn't, I mean, to me, it's not a surprise that they would go out of their way to make a music video like this and make an epic song like this, especially because they're coming up on being a band for like fucking forever. Sure. To each their own. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I think Ian's going to hate me for <laughs> what yep. I'm about to say. Probably. But, you know, well, he already does hate me anyway. <laughs> but uh, give him more reason to hate. Um, and not the good Kate either. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I, I did like the cover from Windwalkers, the Kingdom Hearts no, cover. No, I can't as much as I would like <laughs> to jump on you. I think Windwalkers does a very good job of mixing electronics and metalcore. Like, they do it well. I don't okay. know if you've heard their other stuff before. You should. Okay, I'll check them out because that was my introduction to them. No, I mean, for me, because, man, when Kingdom Hearts, we could go into a whole fucking nerdy conversation. When (laughs) Kingdom Hearts announced that Skrillex was going to be the one doing the intro main theme, I was not happy about it. And when I heard the song, there were parts of it that I enjoyed, but a lot of parts that I didn't. So to hear where they're actually putting instruments in and trying to make it a little bit more metalcore-ish, I enjoy that better than the original track. I mean, Kingdom Hearts hit their peak with Sanctuary. Don't oh my me, so. <laughs> I fucking love that song. No, no, and oh man, I gotta remember who did it. But there's Elon Vatil. Yes, okay, that yeah. that metalcore yeah. version. Oh, yeah, so fucking good. It's either Elon Vatil or Elon Vital. I forget how you say. Oh, it. sure, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, but no, no, you, I I won't jump on you for that one because <laughs> I think they make good music, and I think they did a very good job of making this listenable. Absolutely. Anyone else? Uh, yeah, but I think we share ones you're about to say, so I'll okay. take over. Sure. No worries there. So, some uh, big you know standouts I got to talk about. Obviously, Death Therapy with yep. It's Okay featuring Matt Baird of... I think it's Baird, yeah. Matt Baird yeah. of Spoken. I thought that was very cool. Once again, Jason does a really good job. We talk, I think this has been a focal point of 2019 and will probably continue, unfortunately, through the rest of the year, maybe even more. But... Bands that know how to use electronics and bands that don't. 
And Jason is a person who knows how to use electronics. So that whole first part of that song is pretty soft. Right. And you're like, where is he kind of going with this? And then he hits in with the heavy and it works really well. Right. And like Ian and I are not against electronics because especially like in, in industrial metal, electronics is a huge component of the music. Yeah. It's more of just, we want them done correctly. Yeah. <laughs> People might not. I don't know why they wouldn't because I've talked about on the show for years. I'm a big fan of electronic core. Sure. I think you take bands like I love the band Dead by April. Mm-hmm. I love If I Were You. Like I could go on with bands I love that are electronic core. It's because they do it correctly. But then you have all these shitty bands just trying to jump on trends. Yeah. And it's so weird because electronic core shouldn't be a trend. Electronic core has been going on for fucking almost 17 years now. And we're definitely going to get into a uh, a really bad case of using electronics later on in the show. I'm I'm waiting to I'm waiting for it. Yeah, I know. Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it for sure. But until yep. then, I liked Above a Whisper. So Above a Whisper is actually featuring Jake Antony of Earth Laid Bear. That mm-hmm. is a smaller band that I thought did a really fucking great job of heaviness and balancing their clean and unclean vocals. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, definitely. I like that song too. Awake at Last has the brand new track that they did that has Spencer from Ice Nine Kills. The only yeah, issue man. I... Well, tell me this. The only issue I had was I didn't really tell where Spencer was. I, I, didn't, I didn't want to be the one to say it, but yeah, I thought the same thing too. Yeah, that was a little strange. And yeah, then, just, yeah. yeah, for heaviness, I really enjoyed the Molten Larva. Larva? Larva. Larva. <laughs> Frontier, 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 yeah. I mean, hey, it goes into the whole. I mean, if we can't speak today, then why not do this? Right. <laughs> but if you want some heaviness, definitely listen to that band for sure. I enjoyed that a lot. And then we've got another friend of the show, Saving Vice, with their acoustic version of Black Ice that was also featuring Alex from Osatia. And I don't know, do you know Osatia at all? I do not. They are a good band, very good band actually. Very yeah. Sleeping with Sirens, Pierce the Veil ish. All right, cool. I might like it then. So I like that, and I mean, I I don't consider those reimagined tracks because you know yeah. it's an acoustic version. But I know Saving Vice is working up to you know new music. I think they're done recording their second LP, so they'll be doing that for sure. And then, so talking about limbs, talking about Saving Vice, the show I will be going to this week is that crazy awesome one. That's headlined by the plot and you. So it's mm-hmm. going to be Saving Vice, Dayseeker, like Moss to Flames, and the plot and you and Limbs. Dude, yeah, I'm very jealous you get to go to that because the closest date to me is like a Wednesday night in Baltimore. Oh. And it just wouldn't be, wouldn't work with my schedule, unfortunately. So, well, let's just say this isn't that much better. This is a Thursday night in Worcester. Mm, for sure. But you're not always busy on Wednesday nights. I am. So, <laughs> yeah. You're debating dinosaurs and doing all the weird shit, so I get if you, it. If you guys want to see a good comment thread between Ian and I, go to my Instagram and find a picture of me like looking like I'm speaking, and it's next to a dinosaur, and Ian and I have a pretty good spat with each other. Fun ensues. <laughs> and yeah, I hope everyone checks it out and supports all those bands. I think it is time now for part two of our favorite part of the show.
All right, everyone, part two, the moment you've been waiting for. There is a band in here that I know people have legitimately asked me, like, when are you going to talk about this album? <laughs> it's going to happen. Don't worry. This isn't an April Fool's Day bullshit. We already said we're not doing that. But we're going to start with some good music. We've got Blessing a Curse, Waste on Smart Punk Records. This is metalcore, hardcore, metal, post-hardcore at some points. Yeah. This is a sophomore album. It's 10 tracks, no filler, and really, they came out fucking swinging on that first track, Synergy. Mm. That was just like a growl right out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like right out of the gate, I'm going to growl, and this is going to be a heavy fucking song. Absolutely. I very much enjoyed the uniqueness of the singer Yeah, from Blessing a Curse. For sure. And I'm not exactly sure because it's harder to find. They only have one music video out for this album, but I think... He's backed up by someone, but he mm-hmm. might be doing the clean and the unclean vocals as well. Dude, yeah, let's talk about talent. No, no, for sure. And I will say for sure, because I think we, like this was a long time ago, but we might have reviewed their first album. And this is a little bit different than that. There's also a big time tone switch in this album where you get almost halfway through and then they really pick up on the clean vocals. Right. They were a lot more like that in their previous album, but I think they're still trying to find their sound. Sure. But I still enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. I thought all the instrumentalists were on point, the guitarists and the drummers. And this, is, this, uh, this isn't a uh, critique on the album. This is kind of just a thing in my head. I, I get this band confused with, so there's Blessing a Curse, and then there's the Blessing of This Curse. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then... The blessing of this curse, shorten it to this curse. So I'm just like, <laughs> who are you people? <laughs> but when you're talking about blessing a curse, you know, I have to remind myself who these guys are. They are a very good band. So you should check them out. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not really that well known. Yeah. It seems as well. So I'm hoping that this album really kind of puts them a little bit more in the forefront. I really enjoyed, I mean, look. You don't even really hear clean vocals until around the second or third track, maybe the third track. Yeah. There's a really good mix of the heavy and the poppy. Their lead vocalist, like I said, has a pretty damn cool style of uncleans where it's almost like that sinister-ish, like, deathcore kind of vocal, but works in this really weird band where all of a sudden the clean vocals sound like it's like we came as Romans. Yeah, yeah, and I definitely can appreciate that, like, not every song has like the same formula because it kind of keeps you on your toes. It's not like a like some metalcore bands where you expect like a screaming a screaming verse and then a singing chorus. Right. Like, you know, they kind of change up the songwriting formula and I can definitely really appreciate that. No, they definitely do. I will just mention there are probably a few tracks towards the end that seemed a way more on that poppy side that I wasn't expecting. Sure. They're like very catchy, very like a lot of clean vocals in them, especially mm-hmm. the final track, Let It Kill You. That seemed so different mm-hmm. than the rest of the album. There's almost a weird switch at like the like minute 30 mark where it just goes from here's a whole bunch of growling and screaming to the most poppiest song I've heard in a while. Really strange. Yeah, there's some bands that could do that very well, and then there's other bands where it just doesn't work at all. But I felt like Blessing a Curse was able to find a way to do that fairly yeah. well. No, no, I totally get it. It's just it's one of those things where I think the dynamic shifted for me a little bit. But sure. 
I very much enjoy this band. I really enjoy this album. They're one of those bands that like keeps you on your toes, which I enjoy. So I think in this album, they're still trying to find their sound a little bit. But if they, I think if they stick with a lot more of the unclean vocals and add in in the right parts the clean vocals, they're gonna like skyrocket because I think that's what they need right now. Absolutely. All right. And you, you, what label are they signed to? Let's see. Oh, Smart Punk. Smart okay. Punk Records. Well, I hope that once their contract is finished with Smart Punk, they're able to get picked up by a bigger label. I was going to say something like maybe Fearless. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, no, I mean, no disrespect to Smart Punk, but I definitely hope that they like will help them get to a place where they can be in a place where they could sign, be signed by Fearless. Right. No, no, I see yeah. a lot of potential in this band. And this For is sure. another band that I would really like to see live as well. Because they just seem like that, I don't know, it's that cool, like, ah, I don't know, it's hard to explain. But it's like that thrashy post-hardcore that's now going a little bit heavier. I don't know. They have that feel of like what Escape the Fate could have been had they gone heavier. You know what I mean? All I can think about is that guy with the Escape the Fate tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I I lay awake at night thinking about that guy. (laughs) By the way, I'm going to take that clip and play it out of context. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) Give something for people to love. (laughs) Oh, man. So yeah, I think everyone should check this band out. I was very happy. I think people remember me talking for weeks about how I was excited to hear this, and that obviously did not drop. I was very happy. So please check out Blessing a Curse, Waste, on Smart Punk Records. All right, everyone. It's the moment you've been waiting for. We are going to be talking about the worst album of this (laughs) week. It is Whitechapel. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Swerve, baby. Swerve. (laughs) Yeah, that is absolutely not true. This is a great fucking album. Whitechapel, The Valley on Metal Blade Records. This is metal slash deathcore. This is album number seven for them. They are definitely vets in the industry, that's for sure. Ten tracks, no filler. I think one of the first things that jumped out at me in this album was they showed a lot of range in their musicianship. Yep. I thought, like... I even put them way more in the metal category than the deathcore category. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, for those that know me and have been following me or whatever, they you all know that I'm a huge Whitechapel fan. And I I've been saying for a long time that Whitechapel hasn't been fully deathcore since a new era of corruption. Like since they're self-titled, they've been experimenting with other types of like just they've been mixing that metal and deathcore uh, sound. Yeah. And now I, I think I agree with Ian that I think they're way more metal now than they are deathcore. I mean, they're still there. Like, I think they'll always have that at heart. Yeah. It's like something that we talked about with Awaken Providence, just in this instance. Deathcore can sometimes really box you in. Sure. And having a lot more range to experiment is where bands actually flourish and prosper. And look, Whitechapel still has tracks like Brimstone. Yeah which are more on that kind of deathcore side. But we need that, too. Like, I really enjoy that fucking track. So I want right. to hear that, but I like hearing all the other things they're doing as well. Right, dude. I mean, when I... It came out as a single, but... I mean, we and we talked about it, but when I heard Hickory Creek, like, five years ago, if you had told me Whitechapel was going to release a song like that, I probably wouldn't have believed you. Right, and yeah. I I personally am a big fan. And it's it's nice to see that a lot of people in the deathcore community in general, and just the metal community in general have been accepting Phil's like singing voice because they're seeing, Oh, okay. Maybe it doesn't have to be a suicide silence. Every time a deathcore right. band wants to have clean singing. 
Yep. Um, you know, tee hee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if, my, if my voice wasn't fucked, I'd do the conformity <laughs> thing, but I'm not going to. Right. Conformity. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that helps so bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. So funny. But anyway, we're here to talk about White Chapel, not talk about Suicide Sound. Damn straight. Uh, I I honestly think, and I think a, peop- a few people online have agreed with me, uh, and this is a compliment coming from me. I think Phil's singing sounds a lot like Maynard Keenan, okay, from Tool in a Perfect Circle, you know. And I'm a big fan of Maynard singing, mm-hmm. so I think the dynamic between Phil's, you know, classic screams and his singing that really nobody, none of us knew he had until like a couple years ago, right? You know, just the dynamic between them incredible i mean it's a very emotional album because it's based off of true events i believe i don't know if it's the whole band but i know for sure that a lot of the lyrics are based upon uh phil's mother's death sure um it's a very interesting story uh if you find i'm sure you can google it but if you find the story of phil's mom it's uh pretty emotional and i feel like if you know the story it's not a concept album no i don't think i don't think so but i think if you read the story i think you'd really appreciate more of how much uh work was went into the, the lyrics of this album well yeah man i mean he's on point the entire album and you know for anyone that might not know the story of the clean vocals and unclean vocals or whatnot so hickory creek is pretty much all clean vocals the rest yeah. of the album it's only kind of scattered in there uh hickory Creek's definitely the softest there's only a small section of strained vocals that are not as clean yep when a demon defiles a witch that's like I'd say 25% clean vocals and then third third def is about 50% and then all the other tracks it's kind of just sparred in there if not at all like brimstone and black bear like tracks like that that's all screams right it's not like you're going to have someone it's not post hardcore you know right. what i mean like <laughs> you're going to be fine and then also one of the things i like about phil is that when he does those unclean vocals he enunciates so yeah. you can actually hear what he's saying, even though he's doing low, low cleans and he's doing high whale. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's very difficult. Sometimes you have to have a lyric sheet in front of you if you really want to know, but you can really hear what he's saying. Yeah, absolutely. Because I that's definitely a criticism I have for a lot of deathcore vocalists, and maybe just even meth, uh, metal. Vo- I almost said methcore. <laughs> methcore. <laughs> uh, metal, metal, uh, or metalcore vocalists in general. Whereas I feel like sometimes they focus more on showing how talented they are as a screamer versus actually enunciating words correctly so that the audience will know what you're saying without having to look at a lyric sheet. Exactly. And Phil's very good at doing that. Very, very good at doing that. Also, of course, everyone is a great musician in the band. So really great drumming, really great guitar work, solo work, like everything sounds really good on here as well, which is to be expected. I mean, with what we're dealing with and everything, you would think so. But yeah. everything comes together really, really well in this album. Sure. And this was their first album with a new drummer since like 2010 or 12 or something like that. So the old guy had left like a year or two ago. And I, was, I wasn't I was worried about how the drumming was going to be on this album because I knew that Whitechapel's, what, what their standards were. But the new the guy that they got, he did very well in the album. And the lineup's just been the same for years. So uh, everybody in White Chapel's White Chapel, everybody <laughs> in White Chapel is a very talented musician, as um, as Ian said. And I'll say it here: this and the album from Blood Youth so far are my favorite albums of 2019. Wow. Well, you heard James. 
make sure you check out this album. Once again, it's Whitechapel, The Valley, on Metal Blade Records. Okay, brother. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. And last, and especially least, <laughs> we are going to be talking about oh. I Prevail, Trauma, on Fearless Records. Why? I know. <laughs> this is EDM core hip hop question mark. Uh, it's it's garbage core. That's okay. Garbage core. <laughs> Even though I honestly think that garbage core would be like something cool. Sure. That we just haven't really made up yet. Maybe. So yeah, I honestly, there's really the only reason why core is even in this is because they do have an unclean vocalist that sometimes <laughs> does unclean vocals. So I'm going to say something, tra- I, I would say trash core, but I think that's probably too cool too. Yeah. So I'm going to say EDM hip hop core. Yeah. That's what I'm going to call it. Sounds lame for this lame band. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to say this is their sophomore album because I consider Heart versus Mind an EP. Mm-hmm. because it's trash <laughs> you can't just like I, I don't even want to get into that i can't tell you how upset i am right now <laughs> like i don't even <laughs> want to talk about this it's oh <laughs> i i can't oh it's so tough so <laughs> a, a bit i've been doing on social media is and you don't have that we probably have like a month to do it so that's why i'm going to try and take advantage while i can but i've been taking scene band albums that have been really, really terrible. Mm-hmm. So like I Am Human by Escape the Fade or, you know, like Mania by Fall Out Boy and putting that tag on it that says Avenge the Fallen <laughs> like it does for the Avengers. Right. And it's to make fun of like, hey, they obviously died on this album. Let's get them back to, you know, making good music. I couldn't even make one of those for I Prevail because they've never been good. <sighs> I just, they had like one song that I thought was okay. Blank space that wasn't written by them. Well, no, not blank space. It was uh, a. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't scars. It was the kind of softer song. I know what you're talking album. about. It was yeah. probably like lifelines or something. Something like yeah, that. it was self-titled because it used to. It used to. It was only okay because it helped me fall asleep because of how boring it was. Heyo. <laughs> well, look, I will say. So first of all, this is 13 tracks. We'll get to it as an interlude and bullshit. We'll get to that. <sighs> yep. But I do want to say. I do kind of remember defending Lifelines. Now, I think this was back when Jackson and Ty were on the show. It might have just been Jackson. But obviously, Ty hated it because Ty hates everything new. So (laughs) that wasn't the difference. But it was almost like Jackson and I had kind of switched positions because he went after that album hard. And I was looking forward – like, I was looking to kind of talk about the good points in the album. Now, there weren't many – but I was trying to defend it a little bit because to me, they've always just kind of been uh, a day to remember Linkin Park ripoff band. Yeah. That's, I mean, they've done nothing either important, new, innovative, like literally nothing in the industry. Yeah. So I don't mind though. Like I like a day to remember and I wish there were more bands like a day to remember because I like that style of music. Sure. So, so I defended it. Yeah. I cannot defend this album. If you can call it that. Yeah. I will. <laughs> <laughs> if you can even call it an album. This is an abomination. This is I think the yeah, I'm telling you. And I think the really sad part, the thing that I'm that I'm dealing with personally, is that I look around and I see people defending it. And I looked at some other reviews 
some people gave this like gave this like a nine or an eight out of ten. Dude, <laughs> see, like I, I'm not even I'm even taking longer to respond because I'm just <laughs> taking it back with this. <laughs> like I saw people I respect, like not they're not like reviewers or magazine people or anything like that, but like people I respect their musical opinion. Yeah. Giving this like a seven out of ten, eight out of ten. One guy I saw a nine out of ten, and wow. I'm just like, are we are we hearing the same album? Am I missing something? I don't know if we're in an alternate dimension or not. <laughs> like we might be in the quantum realm and not even fucking know it. This is literally how I felt when that whole Yanny and Laurel bullcrap bull came out. Oh where yeah, all I heard was Laurel, and like <laughs> majority people said it's Yanny, so it's Yanny, and it's like, but how? How are we hearing the same thing? That's literally all I could think of while listening to this. It's just like, how does everybody else think this is good? I am not over-exaggerating. It was really painful to get through this album multiple times. And that's what we, by the way, I know everyone's going to be like, oh, Ian, you know, James, you guys don't do anything. It's just a talk show, whatever. We prep to get us. Sure, we haven't been great at talking today, and I know that's what podcasts are about, but we have to go through these albums multiple times to get what we need to talk about. So I had to force myself to go through this multiple times. You're like, Ian, the, you know, that's who cares? It hurt. It actually <laughs> it really fucking hurt. It physically hurt to listen yeah. to this, man. I don't know. And I saw, I think it's our clean vocalist on Twitter was like whining. You know, he put out a tweet saying like, oh, it's been really kind of painful to read the the bad reviews for the album, but I've read some really good ones and you guys are making me feel really strong. You know, I apologize. You know, I think he apologized for the post later, which is Ugh. that right there. If you want to, if you want to talk about anything, I, yeah. I can't stand that guy right now because, uh, there's, uh, a YouTube channel I watch called rock feed there. That's the only thing I'll ever plug on this show. Sure, I don't a care. lot of. A lot of magazine and out, uh, stuff like that is kind of bullcrap. But Rock Feed with Brian Storm is actually really good. Uh, but he he did a, an article about how the guy from I Prevail, the clean singer or whatever, was basically saying that like rock music isn't dead. It just needs to experiment with new ideas. No, that's not it. <laughs> and I'm like, that ain't it, Chief. Yeah. That ain't it. <laughs> and by the way, I didn't even like, sure, we do our research all the time. I don't want to know their real names. So we're just going to be calling them, you know, the screamer and the clean vocalist. Yeah. That's it. Because I don't want to know their names. Yeah, I don't want dude. to. Here's the thing. Like, and yeah, I know y'all like laugh at me for how much I talk about new metal, but I'm going to bring it back up the late nineties and the early two thousands. The reason why that type of music was so big back in the day was because it was its own thing. Sure. It wasn't, trying to cross over with the Backstreet Boys. It wasn't trying right. to cross over with NSYNC, Britney Spears, none of that. It was its own thing, and that's what it knew. That's what it was about. Yeah, like, there were some elements of other stuff, like, you know, Korn had some hip-hop elements, but they took those elements and made them their own. Right. This doesn't do any of that. No. It totally just rips off other genres. Not only does it rip off other genres, it rips off bands that have been doing it recently and failed at doing it. I think that's the weird thing. I think I Prevail have such a bloated fucking ego about themselves that they go, first of all, they're like, okay, what's going to make us money? So they go, and which is fine. They go, what's going to make us money? And they go, oh, look at these bands that have been doing this exact same thing. Let's try and copy it and we'll be the cool guys again and we'll make, we'll make our fucking money. But let's be quite honest still, 
Those bands failed. They were better bands than them, and they failed doing it. They were not going to be able to pull this off because they don't know how to put electronics into their music. They don't. And by the way, there is so much wrong. We're not even, we're doing track by track on this, but we still haven't gotten to even the deep down issues with this fucking band. Yeah. Cause I know, cause I, I had messaged Ian and I, and cause he was telling me he's had bad experiences with it. I prevail. And he said, we're going to talk about it on the show. So, I mean, if you want to talk about that, Ian, well, I mean, like, I think I alluded to it before when they were really big, when like Lifelines was coming out. I think they were charging $80 to $100 for their VIP. And all they got, like you got to go meet and greet with them. But then you got like a pair of socks. <laughs> so it wasn't even like they were giving you anything like really special for $80 fucking dollars. Like when I talk about doing the VIP with Underoath, that came with a ticket, a meet and greet, a sound check. A special poster, like all this special stuff. Yeah. And that was fucking under oath. All right. A band who has paid their dues. I prevail has not paid their dues in this fucking industry. That's just one thing. Don't forget as well that they did the whole ripoff of WWE shit with that big tour. Yeah. This band rips off everybody. That's just what they do. They don't have an original fucking bone in their body. And then I think the most egregious thing that I saw personally, and I talked about this on the show a year and a half ago, maybe more, whenever the last Warp Tour, no, two Warp Tours ago, so it was like two and a half years or so, I went to Warp Tour in Mansfield, Mass, and it was almost literally a tsunami. It was pouring. Wow. But bands were still going on and playing. Garrett Russell comes out into the crowd while it's fucking pouring and is giving everyone hugs. Like I remember waiting to talk to him really quick to say, hey, Thanks for doing the show, you know, whatever. He has a personal conversation with me while it's pouring down rain. He's wearing, you know, a tank top and sandals. Yeah. And just shooting the shit with everybody. Yeah. When the rain stops, I Prevail had had a signing that they were supposed to be doing. Keep in mind, in a huge-ass tent. So they wouldn't have gotten wet whatsoever. Rain had finally stopped, and they canceled their signing with a sign that said, canceled signing because of rain (laughs) and they didn't even have people in their booth to sell things that's the type of prima donnas these fucking douches are they get these guys act like they're rock stars when they're really not yeah and look i'm not saying that this band owes anyone anything right but they also lost out on a lot of money right which i'm happy about and i don't normally i'm not normally happy about that kind of thing yeah, they got 2 million fans on Spotify, apparently. So Wow. Well, it's mostly because of the Blank Space track. Yeah. But let me also mention that, too. That isn't even the best version of Blank Space. Oh, no. Off the top of my head, Our Last Night and I Hate Heroes did a better cover of that song. They were very good because they marketed it better right. than anyone else or paid the right money to the right people to get it out there. Yeah, like they're literally one of the biggest bands in the scene because of like a Facebook campaign. Yeah, it's so fucking weird to me still. But I was willing to give them the shadow of the doubt when it seemed like there might have been at least they were trying to rip people off correctly. Yeah, You know what I mean? This album, though, we might as well get started with this. So let's start with the first track, Bow Down. All right. That was the one okay single out of the yeah. three that they released, right? But yeah. Even on this show, I had announced that 
with Bow Down, sure, it was the better version of the songs that were out, but their lyrical content was straight bullshit. Because that was like a, hey, we're not going to bow down to what the industry tells us to do, and no label is going to tell us what to do, and all that kind of bullshit. Also talking to people like, I guess, us, because they consider anyone that doesn't have the same opinion as them as bad people, right? So this whole song is talking big about us and the music industry. And what I love, and I'm being sarcastic, obviously, but what I love is when bands talk big in their music because they never, ever back it up. (laughs) Ever. I've been saying it for fucking years. Any band who talks shit in their songs never fucking back it up. Because you know, if I was talking to them about this, they're certainly not swinging. I'll tell you that. They are certainly not going to. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I think a week or two ago, we talked about when Michael Bond posted about, like, uh, you know, I don't care what you think. Yeah. And it was like Landon Tours replied to him, and he was like, it's always the guy, guys that says they don't care that always care the most. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I, that's, all, that's all I got from this song is like, well, by saying that, you know, you, you don't care about us, you're obviously implying that you do. For sure. Look, they ain't as bad as they think they are. That's all I'm saying. All right. So I also think that it was very disingenuous to have this as a single and to start the album like this. Yeah. Because there is only maybe one song later on that's anything like this song. Oh, don't even get me started about this song. I don't want to talk about that one. Oh, well, we're getting to it. (laughs) So then Paranoid is the next track. Obviously, this is the one that's all fucking whispers which is yeah. one of the dumbest choices you can possibly make for any type of music ever. <sighs> you shouldn't be whispering in your fucking thing. It's weird, shitty hip-hop, and there's so many... Like, when you do electronic EDMs into drops, what what are you even doing? I got no words, dog. <laughs> like, this, this, gar- this track, straight garbage, and I don't understand why this is a single. Well, people liked it somehow. I I swear to God, man, we're living in a parallel universe. I know. (laughs) I I don't get it. I don't. So right here is where I'm going to mention how affected all of their vocals were as well. This entire, maybe a little bit less on Bow Down, but the rest of the album, even the unclean vocals are affected. The the amount of processing, the amount of auto-tuning, the amount of craziness that they did, I don't think any of them can actually sing. Yeah, like yeah, period. I don't, even, I don't even know what that screamer will do on stage. Like seventy five percent of the time, is he just hanging out? <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I I don't know. Well, I've seen him live, but not obviously now. Yeah, he he before didn't have as much to do, but now he has even less to do. Dude, so I and I don't know how they're gonna affect their vocals the whole time too. It's gonna sound awful live. Ugh. Why even? Why do that to yourself? I don't know. I don't know. Man. So then. Every time, every time you leave, is their attempt, I guess, at a slow ballad? That's my guess on this one. I don't know. But it's so fucking cliche and boring. It's so mundane. But I guess that's how you get popular now. And this is the first instance where there are no unclean vocals. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an example of just them just being sellouts because it's a very easy to digest song. Right. So. And look. We don't even call people sellouts that often. It's very rare yeah. for us to do that. But if you don't think that I prevail or sellouts, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you. Oh, yeah. I don't call a lot of bands sellouts, but I prevail or sellouts. 
Then we get to rise above it. When I got to this track, this is probably where I threw up in my mind. <laughs> like it just covered in vomit my entire brain. Because what I do is when I listen to a brand new album, I don't listen to the singles. So I didn't listen to the first two songs because we had already listened to them. Right. So I went to the next. So I went to three. And now we're here at Rise Above. And I'm just like, oh, no, this isn't getting any better. Yeah. So I'm just I have a list now of songs and what goes on in them. So we're going to start with Rise Above it right here. Terribly cliched lyrics, bad rapping, electronic beats and EDM drops, and modified vocals. Yeah. Then you've got Breaking Down. Heavily, heavily auto-tuned clean Ugh. vocals. Rapping again, beats again, and more heavily processed vocals, even the uncleans. Like, <laughs> I, don't understand. I don't know why the, the, the clean singer just doesn't become a rapper or something, because that's obviously what he wants to do. I guess, and actually, by the next track, DOA, I asked myself, does their clean vocalist even know how to sing? Yeah, dude. Because this is embarrassing. Like, it's really, really bad. Then I said, because they mentioned Slipknot, and I think it's Slip Space Knot. But you you remember that? That pissed me the hell off. (laughs) During that, I said, keep Slipknot's name out your mouth. It's disrespectful. I, I really hope Corey Taylor hears this. Because yep. I want to hear his opinion about this. Because I know it's slip space not. Like, they're not yeah. saying slip not. But still, to hear even this band right now, I mean, it's so uh. fucking embarrassing. But yeah, and then there's more rapping and terrible lyrics. That's the other thing, too. Please, I, I thought about reading them all, but they're just too bad. Go look up the lyrics <laughs> for this album. It, it's gross. It's just, it's absolutely gross. So, that's DOA. Then Gasoline. The track I heard so many people talk about. Gasoline. Oh, no. You got to listen to Gasoline. So, Oh, my God. <laughs> who doesn't love when you start coughing and then go into a breakdown like we've never fucking heard that before, right? I literally <laughs> messaged Ian about this, <laughs> about this song. And I was like, all right. Like, because, you know, they want to play games with Slipknot because they mentioned them in the, in the song right before it. So think of a good old Slipknot song with Corey Taylor, Taylor rapping. Like, spit it out. That's sure. a great, oh, yeah. That's a great, great song. fucking song. Great song. So think of the great value version of that song, and that would still be too much, too much of a compliment. This is the <laughs> Dollar Tree brand of Spit It Out. This is the Dollar fucking Tree brand. I could see it. Of, a, of, a, of an old Slipknot song, and I just... Oh my God, dude, this song pissed me off. See, look, I even said, I even say Slipknot for this. I said, this was Linkin Park. They were trying to be Linkin Park on this song. That's how bad this fucking was. Look, the uncleans here were at least there. You know what I mean? They put some unclean vocals in there, but dumb lyrics again. So they've got burn it down. Really? (laughs) We've never heard that before. A million fucking times. (laughs) It's funny that you say Linkin Park, because isn't that the name of like one of their biggest songs? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) they're they're ripping off everybody. (laughs) They're so happy when they rip someone off. They have so many orgasms that they just can't help it. They're like, who else can we rip off? Oh, my God. Dude, they love it. They love it so much. So after that, you get to the next cliche, which is Hurricane. So this one has that terrible, electronic, high-pitched motherfucking girl voice which I can't fucking stand. That's in the background the entire time. More of the same stupid bullshit, process vocals, rapping, 
and possibly the worst lyrics yet on this album. <laughs> if you want a song that talks about a hurricane in it and actually works, go listen to Fit for a King. Yep. All right. The Maybe one of the only bands that can pull that off now. I know there have been some in the past that do it okay, but all the time, Hurricane is very fucking cliche. We don't need any more of that. Oh, man. Then we got to get to the emo side of things. <laughs> it's let me be sad. <laughs> so they're ripping off emo. They're ripping off the fucking SoundCloud rappers now. My God. And with let me be sad, it's a lot of rapping again and all the same shit that we talked about before. <laughs> Just with a very corny, like, honestly, how does this guy not get punched in the fucking face? <laughs> who, who honestly says, let me be sad to anyone in real life? I just don't get it, man. This, al- this album is literally making me cry right now because I don't want to think about I prevail. Well, look, James, if you need time to be sad, I will let you be sad. I'm I'm angry and sad about <laughs> how bad this album is. <laughs> well, look. Then we get to low, which is so much vocal processing and all the same shit again. And by this time in my head, I'm like, I'm fucking done with this. I don't even know why I'm doing this, but I have to continue because once I put my mind to something, I have to do it. So then we're on goodbye, parenthesis, interlude, um, parenthesis. I will say for this one, at least they called it an interlude in the title. I'm going to give them credit for it. (laughs) I'm going to give them fucking credit for it because I always honest, open, honest. This is... Bad rap and R&B. It's fucking garbage. I just, the whole time, and you know, we still got two songs left, but like the whole time I was listening to this, I was like, why is this considered like a scene album? Well, I mean, that's a discussion we can have. So I've almost been, I mean, we're going to talk at some point because I think it's just going to get worse this year. But one of the albums that I, I think I was looking for originally that we didn't do is Simple Creatures. Yeah. Simple Creatures had an album. So it's Alex from All Time Low and Mark Hoppus from Blink-182. We're not doing that album on the show because that's straight up pop music. Yeah. That's all. It's like All Time Low's newer music. It's like Alex had all of the power in their relationship and just made a straight up pop album that All Time Low would make now. So that's why we're not talking about it, because it's not the scene. Even though those are two major players in the scene, that music is not scene music. The only reason why we're talking about this is because this is so fucking terrible that we have to talk. Like, honestly, man, I know it's so weird to make it seem like this is like a mission or that we're trying to accomplish something by talking about this. But I can't have it out there that so many people think that this is good. There needs to be a voice out there telling people the truth. And that's what this show has always done. And you can say, Ian, get off your fucking high horse. But that is the truth. I've never fucking lied on the show besides dumb jokes we've made. Right. We have to be honest about this. And actually, someone on Twitter asked me, they go, because I was making fun of I Prevail on Twitter, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they asked me, they were like, oh, no, so I shouldn't listen to this album. I said, no, go listen to it. I, have n- I don't think I've ever told anyone to not listen to something right. in my whole fucking music career. Go listen to it and see how bad it is. And then you can decide, okay, well, I'm not going to go see this band live. Like, obviously, you're insane if you fucking go to see I Prevail and Issues on tour. That's a ridiculous, fucking terrible tour. I just, when I think about who this album is for, like, I was joking with Ian. I was like, this album should have just been called, like, Baby's First Metal Band. 
because <laughs> that's literally just what it is. It's like, but even then, like, why do you, why don't you just show Limp Biscuit? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I mean. Like when we talked about it, I totally got what you were saying. But the reason why I don't think that works is because this is not like it's not even like you can't call this metalcore. You can't call this post hardcore. Yeah. So what are you introducing? You're introducing them to the bad music in the scene, the music we shouldn't even be talking about. Dude, yeah, and it's just like, there's so many other good starter bands, you know, we'll call them starter bands for people to get into. Yeah. You know, like, you missed my you missed my reference. I mean, you probably did. You probably <laughs> didn't. You just chose to ignore it. But, you know, we have the all the almighty great Limp Bizkit. Oh, we so have... you're ruining this for everyone because they're like, how can we trust his opinion when he likes Limp Bizkit? <laughs> but, I mean, dude, even like, I mean, you know, I got into, you know, rock alternative metal music because of a band like Breaking Benjamin. Sure. That's good, good music. It's like, still good, good music. They're still music. making there. And I think we've said this on the show, not to step on you there. But one thing I've definitely said for years is Breaking Benjamin has never changed their style of music. Right. And they're one of the biggest bands ever. Right now, they're still making money being an alternative rock band, which is like almost unheard of. Right. And it's like. Dude, it's especially I, I, you know, talk about this from like a frustration of a music standpoint, but it's like if this is the future of of scene music, I, I don't know how much I want to be a part of it. I'm over here nodding vigorously because I think this is what we started to talk about when you joined the show. And I had been talking about it with Dave as well, you know, before he had to leave. I, once again, it's not a high horse thing. It's not like making us seem more important than we are. There needs to be a show like the when I started the show, it was the first one of its kind. This show needs to stand up for the scene. Right. We need to talk and be honest about what is good music. And look, I know everyone has different opinions on music. That's not the point here. The point is what we talk about, which is not scene music and what is. This is closer to pop music than most of the stuff that we'd ever talk about on the show. I mean, geez, dude, I'd rather listen to the the Corn album with Skrillex than listen to this ever again. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how bad this was. Well, look, I'll say something that people, their, their fucking heads will explode. Pete's Club by fucking Amorosa is better than this album. Because, yeah, that's straight up pop music and shouldn't be talked about on the show. But at least it's like a coherent, like fucking pop music album. Yeah. Like, so I, I have to ask this question, the the, the Dave question. Where would you rank this in comparison with Cold World? <laughs> well, wait, wait. We're not done yet. Okay, okay. We're not done yet. Sure. So let's you get to Believe up. Me. Believe you got me. two yeah, checks yeah. up. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So second to last track is Deadweight. This is uh, when they're super cool again, bringing back those unclean vocals, you know, and also the name Deadweight, you know, super cool there. Yeah. So I think there might have been a breakdown with instruments in the song. I think. It's a possibility. Yeah, dude. I. But yeah. it's so overwhelmed by dumb shit that I, I think it's there. So that's that. And then the last track, I Don't Belong Here, acoustic guitar. <laughs> you, you don't belong here, I prevail. <laughs> oh, see, I was going to say, I'm guessing that this means the place that they don't belong is the music industry. Yeah. That's where, yeah. That's where I went with that one. I was a little meaner. but <laughs> And this one also had no unclean vocals whatsoever. So that is the end of this fucking terrible, terrible album. Now, look. The biggest thing to me, besides all the rapping, because there was so much bad rapping in here. Look, I'm not a rap fan, but I also know when there's good rapping and bad rapping and things. Right. This is all straight up bad rapping. So I, I was like, I can't believe 
that not only are the clean vocals so overproduced, but also the unclean vocals as well. So I went back to Lifelines for a couple songs just to check. They did it a little bit, but nowhere to this extreme. So I honestly wonder if their clean vocalist can't sing anymore. Dude, I just... The only thing I could think about listening to this album is, you know, I, I like I mentioned a little bit before, is I wish, I mean, I miss when the scene was its own thing and was unapologetic about it. Fuck yeah. Like, when, not even just like the new metal days, when metalcore was its own thing, was when post-hardcore was its own thing. Yep. When, you know, insert here was its own thing. It didn't, like, feel the need to implement EDM. It didn't feel the need to implement rapping where it didn't belong it did its best to be its own thing and you know once in a while there would be that element of other genre but they would take that element and make it their own yeah like i prevail they didn't take rapping and make it their own they didn't take electronics and make it their own they straight up ripped off whatever whatever is popular in the rap scene and the edm scene yeah for sure and partially in our scene unfortunately as well like i have to say that because we have so many bands i'm not gonna listen because i do it all the time there's so many bands in the scene right now that that's what they're doing. Yeah. So I Prevail said, hey, we're on Fearless. We're going to do the same exact thing. I don't blame Fearless for it. They're just a very popular label. Right. So it makes sense that they're going to go along and say like, oh, yeah, sure, of course, put this out. This is really popular. It just. Go ahead. I was going to say, it just baffles my entire mind. <laughs> you know, you and that's re- really not that big, but. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like. You know, we were just talking about the plot in you earlier in the show. Yeah. Like the plot in you and I prevail are on the same label, like the same exact label. Right. And I prevail is at least in terms of Spotify numbers is at least like three or four times bigger than them. Right. And that makes no sense to me. Yeah. No, no. That's that's really crazy to me as well, because Dispose is probably what they wanted to make. They probably wanted to make Dispose as Linkin Park. That's probably what Fearless said to them. I I wouldn't be surprised. They're like, here is an amazing album, and here's a band that everyone still loves. Put those together. But this is what they came out with. You see what I mean? We're actually, we're probably giving them too much credit because I doubt it was even that. They went, hey, Bring Me the Horizon did really, really well. And if we want to, you know, get to that level, then we need to do this. But then let's also add in really bad rapping. Bring Me the Horizon didn't really rap, really. Right. They kind of, I mean, there were some parts, but not to this extent. And even though all these vocals were processed, not to this fucking extent. Right. Like, I, you know, I think MO is leagues better than this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. I And I think everyone knows we did a whole fucking show dedicated like an hour and a half, two hours on how much we don't like that album. But it's better than this, for sure. Right. Like, and I know I wasn't on that show, but I, I thought MO was decent. Like it wasn't my favorite Bring Me the Horizon album, you know. Well, kind of, yeah. You'd be off the <laughs> but, show. <laughs> it's not my favorite album. I didn't hate it as much as Dave and Ian, but I thought it was okay at best. Right. But like, so I would gladly listen to that album any day before I ever listen to this this again. Oh, I'll never listen to this again. Absolutely not. But we get to a bigger. What's going to be funny is they're going to be like. People are going to be sharing the show going, they talked about I Prevail for a fucking hour. Like, that's how it feels going to be. But to be quite honest, though, man, it goes into a larger thing, which is something we've talked about before, which is standing up for the scene. 
The scene is dying right now. Yeah. It's not dying though because people don't like the music. It's dying because of bands like this. Right. That's what's happening. We as people, as fans of the scene, need to stand up for the bands that are still making good music. Yeah. Let's take a let's because I I just love using them as an example. Emerosa. Sure. We were standing up for them for a long time. They went through a lot. They went through vocalist changes. They made like some ma- amazing albums, you know, with Johnny. Then Bradley comes in <laughs> and it's okay. And then it gets a little worse. And then they put out Pete's Club. Pete's Club is a pop album straight up. Yeah. There's nothing about that that is seen. So right there, that band goes away in my opinion. Sure. They are no longer a part of what we do except if their next album is post-hardcore again, then you talk about them again. But right now I will not support them because to me, they don't make good music because I don't like fucking pop music. I don't. Right. And like, dude, the scene wants to be alive. I mean, I just saw that like on Twitter photos and videos from dance, Gavin dance is a Swan fest. You know, they just had the very first ever Swan fest. They sold out an entire piece of land. Yeah. Like this. I wanted to go to that. Yeah. And, like, this music scene is so alive, and it wants to be alive. Go back to what you just said about the concert you went to. That was a sold-out show with As I Lay Dying. Right. Who would have thought that they would have come back? Right. And they came back, and they're stronger than they've ever been. Like, I fear for all of the wives everywhere because (laughs) of that band. But I'm just saying, like, in in general, (laughs) places are doing well. They are. There are concerts that are selling out there are all these brand new tours like disrupt and i mean the the sad fest that's happening like there are so many things that are going to be happening that's completely fine those are the things that we need to support we need to support those bands that are still part of the scene that are making the music that we love my my opinion doesn't waver i think that's one of the things that will always set me apart from a lot of people i don't like pop music Right. Remember that episode of Friends where Joey doesn't share food? Yeah. Joey doesn't share food. Ian doesn't like fucking pop music. Right. All right? I don't. I like when there are some elements in certain post-hardcore, metalcore things where, like, who doesn't enjoy a catchy fucking chorus? But right. at least those people are talented in their vocal ability, and then there's also instruments being played at the same time. I don't know if there were really any instruments in that I Prevail album. Yeah, I I, know. You notice how we didn't talk about the drumming. We didn't talk about the guitars. We didn't talk about the bass. We didn't talk about anything. Right. Because I'm not <laughs> sure it's there. Right. And I think Ian and I would be okay if pop music was pop music and scene music was scene music. Yes, for sure. Like We would be okay with that. Yeah. That's why we're not talking about certain bands anymore. Is because right. they're not like that's why we make fun of Sleeping with Sirens right. until they come back and make that quote unquote heavy album that they say they're making. We're making fun of them for their shitty albums that they've been putting out. So right. if they come back though and they're strong and it's a good heavy album, then we will talk about them on the show. Right. And so like I know Ian and I, another perspective I want to give is I know Ian doesn't like rap music, but fuck that. I, yeah. But I do enjoy rap music. And I hated every section of rap music. <laughs> yeah. Like as a rap slash hip hop fan, I hated every section of when they did right. that because yeah, it was just horrible. Well, what's happening then? So James, how are these review sites? I mean, unless they're getting paid and I don't like to make that accusation, but how are they 
giving this album, like saying that they're breaking through, saying that I Prevail took a risk and it paid off for them. How did that happen with what we just listened to? Because these magazines want to pretend that people that listen to rap and hip hop care about this band and they don't. Yeah, maybe, I guess. That's the only thing I can think of, dude. Like, I I have a few friends that really only listen to rap and I was talking to them about I Prevail and they were like, who? Well, right, right, right. You know? <laughs> well, look, we talk about how I work with Scene Daddy for Scene Daddy Interviews, the podcast. Right. Scene Daddy is also doing reviews of things. They're, you know, they put out polls, they do memes, all that kind of shit. They put out a poll on Instagram and I think maybe on Facebook or whatever. I'm not going to be able to quote it correctly exactly, but they put out a poll, Trauma versus The Valley. Mm-hmm. Which one is better? And it was over 50% that said that Trauma was better than the new Whitechapel album. You all are idiots. <laughs> Fucking like, unless it was all trolls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If it was a troll album. <laughs> and look, I don't even want to say because people are going to be like, who was this album made for? And we had kind of gotten onto that topic a second ago. But if you just say like, oh, 13 year old girls, you're going to sound sexist because right. I think that women are smart. So I don't think that they're just mushy mind like fucking idiots that are going to eat this up. I hope not. Right. Because that's not saying very much for the people that are in our scene. I respect so many women in the scene. To think that they love this just because they're, you know, young girls is ridiculous. So I don't want it. But what else is it? Like, I don't know who likes this album. Yeah, I mean, I guess in... uh, I can't speak today. Uh, (laughs) I guess in in, uh, conclusion, not conclusion, but in... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, summary? Yeah, like in summary of everything, in, also in conclusion of what I said is, like, I was talking about the rap fans, and also, like, I was saying earlier that this is, like, Baby's first metal band. Sure. Like, I just don't see why anybody would listen to this unless they're, like, just getting into the scene. And like we said, but even then, this just isn't a good album for that right. for, for you to get into the scene. Yeah, because even then... It's not enough unclean vocals. There really aren't breakdowns. There's barely any guitar, no drumming. All the things that we would talk about as stuff good that people should check out, that's it's not there. Because honestly, and I know people say it all the time, but when you don't use electronics right and you over-process your vocals, literally anyone can do that. Right. They have made the most untalented hack album of the past five years. <laughs> It takes no talent to do what they did. If you look at the lyrics, it was written like it was a fucking immature school kid. The lyrics are fucking god-awful. Add in the terrible processing of all the fucking vocals. That's very easy to do. You just move up the mixer, whichever one you want to do, whether it's autotune or vocoding or whatever. You just fucking play around with that until it sounds really shitty. And there you go. The instruments are barely there, so it's not even like you have to know basic guitar to do what they were doing. This is an embarrassment of a fucking album. And look, I love a lot of the people that listen to this show, and I am very glad because I know they support like a lot of different bands other than this. I will never understand how people I have respect for like an album like this. I'll never fucking understand it. And like, I guess the final thing I can say is, to only play devil's advocate a tiny, tiny smudgeon. I'm the devil. Is I'm the devil. Is I wish I could like this. I wish <laughs> I could be like I no, like seriously, I wish I could be a part of the, you know, 
millions of people apparently that do enjoy this because i wish i could be a part of this community right but i can't i just i can't do it so this is going to go over the heads of anyone who likes this album probably but this is an analogy that i've loved i i was so proud of myself when i came up with this years ago there's a book called flowers for algernon have you ever heard of it i've heard of that yeah okay so it's about a mentally challenged person who has a scientific experiment you know, done on them where they become a genius. Okay. And spoiler alert at the end, it wears off. So he goes back to being a mentally challenged person. What I wish is that for me, in order to like this, I feel like I'd have to be reverse flowers for Algernon. <laughs> but life is better. Like it's the smart people that are analytical that have an issue like us, like when we're looking at, I know I like a lot of dumb things, so I'm, I'm being a dick right now just for fun. Right. But I honestly, like, I don't know how anyone can enjoy this album. So I want to know, like, I want to go to bad movies. I want to be able to go to bad movies and be like, oh, I went to see Dumbo. It was really fucking good. Like, I want to be able to do that, but I can't because I have self-respect right. and an intellect. So Yeah, I mean, I, I almost feel like this this maybe not envy, but a word of their, of that sort of people that can like go see like Baywatch or go listen to <laughs> like Beyonce sure. or just like the simple, the simplest things of life. It's like, I almost have an envy for those type of people is cause it's for those type of people. Cause I just, I can't do it. Yeah. I just can't. And so we'll, we'll skew back here for a little bit, but I honestly, I was thinking of a narrative possibly for this album what was giving me hope through the album was that all the angriness, like all the angry lyrics were coming from their unclean vocalists because that's how like mundane and boring they are is that the clean vocalist can't even do that. So I was just wondering if maybe he is just so super angry at the direction of the band that <laughs> all of his lyrics actually apply to the band themselves. Man, that would, Ooh, that's a, see, that's why Ian's a smart one. Uh, (laughs) fred durst got to me guys there you go well that was honestly that was the smallest spark of hope i could possibly have is that that was his inside joke is that he's like i'm gonna get a shit ton of money from this and we're gonna like sell out this tour and blah blah but this i fucking hate this so anytime i'm singing and i don't even know how they're gonna process it live but whatever he's gonna do at least he can be angry and still quote unquote fit into what they're doing yeah i wouldn't be surprised if it turns out to be it's funny because i read a tour with them too i think i wouldn't be surprised if it turns out to be a situation similar to issues where like the guy that did the screaming ends up leaving right i think he still needs money i mean for this to be their sophomore album technically yeah like i think he needs to make more money before they can do an issues type thing you know yeah like if one of the two vocalists left it would be him but here's oh yeah for sure but here's the deal though so Tyler Carter, even though we might not like the Drake, because we won't talk about issues on this fucking show either, unless they come back to doing things that aren't pop music. So we'll talk about issues if they go back to that, which I don't think they will. But Tyler Carter, even though he does process his vocals from time to time, is a motherfucking talented vocalist. Very talented. Yeah. He could make millions of dollars being a pop musician. All right? But this guy, this clean vocalist for I Prevail can't wipe his fucking ass <laughs> honestly man i don't know if i know a worse vocalist than this guy it's yeah I, I can't think of anybody 
if it's just that someone told him, no, no, you have to process these so it sounds right, whatever, maybe I can give him that credit that maybe he is good and I just can't tell because of how terrible this album is. But it sounds like he's just gotten progressively worse over album to album. Yeah, if they post a uh, like a live video from their tour, maybe Ian and I will watch it so we can maybe reaffirm of how bad he is. <laughs> yeah, why not? But yeah, man, I look, you you kind of brought it up before, but there are certain albums that people know who have listened over the years. You know, no matter what, co-hosts change. I'm still here. I still make fun of the same shit. People that listen to the show that become co-hosts know the running jokes that we have on the show. Cold World, Suicide Silence is self-titled. Conformity. <laughs> I'm very glad you can do that now. Uh, I am human and like Double Dare and Entertainment. I know there are a couple of others, but those ones are long running gags on this show. Yeah. Trauma is now definitely on that list. Hey, we're making history, baby. Making history. <laughs> I I can't believe I did not want to like I wanted this album to be good. I did not want to have to come on here and be like, I Prevail's a ripoff band, they're untalented, they're hacks, they're sellouts. I didn't want to have to do that, but we are always going to be honest, and now it's just going to be a running, like, that is what they are. They're a running gag. Because that's the thing with Ian and I. Every time we get news of a new album, we always hope every single week that every single one of them will be good and that we can talk about all of them. Exactly. But that never happens. No. It doesn't. And sometimes we have great weeks. Like we had some really great stuff that we were talking about today. But you know, because we were going to go off on tangents, we couldn't do this album like quick. We had to wait till the end to do it. But there were so many good albums this week. And there are so many good albums pretty much every week. We always latch on to something that we enjoy. We want scene bands to survive. We want the scene to survive. I know it's very like fucking grandiose and bullshit and whatnot. And I get it. You can like whatever music you want. This show is dedicated to covering the scene. Yep. We were the first show to do it. We will continue to do it. We cover the scene and what we want to talk about. We don't cover pop music. Yep. But with a band like this, who tries to do whatever mishmash of fucking bullshit that was, we have to cover it. We have to be honest about it. I agree. I mean, I've pretty much exhausted myself saying everything <laughs> I could. No, I think I think we're good. Yeah. But like I've said before, we never tell anyone not to listen to something because I want you to listen and hear how bad it is. I want you to know not to support them later on. I want yeah. you to know that you should support bands that are actually talented. So yeah. once again, this is I Prevail, Trauma on Fearless Records. And on a final note, just before we sign off, if you want to DM me or Ian and tell us why you think, if you want to debate us, <laughs> tell us why you think this is a good album. I hope sure. none of you actually do it. But if you want to actually DM me or Ian and talk about what you think about this album, if you have a different opinion than us, DM us. Yeah. We are more than willing to have a conversation about it. Slide in my DMs, baby. Conformity. <laughs> <laughs> You know what the sad thing is like normal people have like fucking hot women or hot guys like slide into their DMs, whatever one you're attracted to. And it's like, uh -huh. oh, that's fucking awesome, whatever. We get people sliding our DMs to defend I prevail. <laughs> How fucking sad is that? What is so sad, I, I still can't get over that I know people that like this album. I yep. know people that I like, I can't even in my mind, I can't grasp that idea. People I respect too. Yeah. It's crazy. It's fucking nuts, man. So anyways. 
Next week, we've got Periphery with Periphery for Hail Stan. Oh, oh yeah, the I Prevail stands. That's what we should have said. Shit. Oh yeah, the stands. We yeah, lost. We cool. lost the joke there, but it's okay. Oh. <laughs> then we've got Enterprise Earth. We've got Sworn Enemy. We've got Famine Hill. Polar. <laughs> you know how do you say that? S H V P E S. So whatever. In fear they follow, and the brave. So we will see. Now look, I got to be quite honest. I. Am not going to be available this weekend, so I'm hoping that I will have time to listen to all these albums. So there might be a delay in the show. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. So I'm just letting people know. But look, sure. by the time we're done, people will probably unfollow and unsubscribe because they love I Prevail <laughs> so much. So maybe we won't yeah. even be doing the show to anyone. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Right. I do want to make a quick comment about uh, the Periphery album. Uh, as far as I know. It started to get leaked online, so Periphery themselves have now, uh, I think, leaked it onto their own YouTube channel. So oh, I don't, okay. I don't think it's available on streaming services. But if you have access to like YouTube and stuff like that, I think it is available uh, to listen to right now on YouTube. By the way, I am not a fan of that. That annoys the fuck out of me. Yeah, I don't like it either. I don't like it. Like we have to support these bands unless right. somehow leaking like allows people to buy things more, which I don't think, I don't think the correlation is there. Right. Like, believe me, I want to hear so many bands music early, but to doubt, I don't know. I just don't like it. Right. Like so, it. well, I wanted to bring that up because I wanted to say, if you truly want to support periphery, you know, obviously I'm not the person to ever tell you what to do, but my encouragement to you would be to wait until it's actually available right. on streaming services, because that's when they could potentially see revenue from that. They won't see anything from just like, clicking on a random YouTube video. That's very true. So good good word there. All right, guys. Yeah. Well, we talked for way longer than I thought we were going to. Yeah, jeez. After I was just like fucking shouting and yelling this entire weekend, this is killing my voice and I have more interviews to do this week. So we are going to end the show now. James, are you ready? Let's do it. You think we're gonna kiss your ass since you get a good review in your magazine? Well, you're mistaken, my friend. Take a self-righteous poser, wannabe writer, candy ass pencil, shove it up your ass! Shove it up your ass, you punk! Shove it up your ass, Aaron! Shove it up your ass! So we'll do that, Einstein! Alright, James, it is end of the show time. It couldn't come sooner enough. So do you have any plugs for everyone? <laughs> Uh, yeah, dude, I'm so glad this is finally over. Uh, no, no, no offense, no offense. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter and or Instagram, you can find me at words in the James, W-O-R-D-S in the James. And like I said earlier in the episode, Ian and I had a great conversation about me and a picture of a dinosaur. And uh, if you want to follow me on YouTube uh, to listen to my crappy singing, you can follow me at James Bozentka, B-O-Z-E-N-T-K-A, which a couple, a uh, little bit of news on there is I did just record my newest cover. Uh, mm. Don't I don't have a release date yet, but when I do, I will let you guys know. Very nice. And then, like always, you can find me on Twitter at Ian Hates Podcast and on Instagram and Facebook at Ian Hates. I have a bunch of stuff. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to forget some of it, but I'm just going to go ahead and go through right now. So 
We're going to have the Ian Hates Conversations coming up very soon with heaven's sake. I just have to go through everything, put it together, and put it out. We also, obviously, Scene Daddy Interviews. We are now on iTunes and Spotify. So just look up Scene Daddy Interviews there. Or Ian Hates. I think it might even come up for that, too. So whatever you do there, please subscribe, rate, and share. It really does help us out. Last week, I put out the interview with If I Were You, a really, really great one of the founding bands of Electronicore, who I'm mm. a big fan of. They have a brand new album out called Inner Signals that came out in like December. It's fucking great. We didn't get to talk about it on the show because we were on hiatus. So make sure you check that one out for sure. And then we have a brand new one that should be out around the same time as this comes out or a little after. It's with Spencer Maybe of A War Within. Whoa. And that's a lot of fun. Yeah, we get to talk about their new album, Trial by Fire, as well as working with Matt Good. It's a lot of fun. So make sure you yeah. check that out on Scene Daddy Interviews. There are way more shows coming up in every aspect of what we're doing. And I'm trying to think. I could have sworn I had like another announcement. Oh, this was going to be fun. I'm still working out the details. It might be a sideshow. Maybe I'll get Dave and James to be able to do this. Maybe even Jackson from time to time. Maybe Ty. But I want to do, and the the kind of images went out when I had them done by Hater Rick, who's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Ian's Declassified scene survival guide (laughs) it's going to be an actual thing where we take a topic the same way as you know the television show from nickelodeon did and we take you step through things and tips so it might be like moshing yeah starter bands you know what i mean like we'll just go through that and it might be like 15 30 minute episode type thing but i i need to look there are too many fucking dumbass (laughs) spongebob memes and bullshit like that i'm taking the shows that i liked from back in the day and making them seen so i was gonna say because jared alonji doesn't do youtube anymore so we need to carry the torch i i appreciate that compliment i'm taking that as a compliment <laughs> no it so, is oh yeah, yeah. He, he used to do stuff like that like he would talk like sometimes it's a joke sometimes it's like being serious but like he doesn't do youtube anymore so there's not really anybody like kind of doing that in a, like a like a serious slash comedy type way so i feel right. like somebody needs to carry the torch well he now has like it's not a music label but he now has a project out that's supposed to help people who need help with certain like artistic projects and stuff sure. so we'll actually probably talk about that next week but just putting that out there for sure but yeah ian's declassified scene survival guide Will be coming soon. I don't know how I have the time to do this stuff, but I just love the fucking idea of doing it. So lots of stuff going on. Lots of shows still coming up. Got a ton to talk about, but wow, man. I can't even believe we got through that. So, James, do you have any final words for everyone? It's the chocolate starfish. Keep on rolling, baby. I would love to just insert a gun sound there of me blowing my fucking brains out. (laughs) Oh, man, I love coming up with different ways. And I will leave you the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. So goodbye to you. This is your
so won't run. 